This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host, Chris Lim. This episode has a somewhat provocative topic. Our guest is going to tell you why you might want to avoid an investment-linked insurance policy, or ILP for short. And our guest this episode is Christopher Tan. CEO of Provident, which is a fee-only financial advisory firm. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. So what is an ILP actually? Well, Chris, as you have correctly mentioned, ILP stands actually for investment link policies. And as the name implies, it is an insurance that is linked to investments. So generally speaking, for every $1 premium that you pay to an insurance company, they will take a portion of it to pay insurance or what we call mortality charges, which is the cost of actually insuring you, and then other expenses, including commissions, and the rest of your premium will then be invested into unit trusts. And these unit trusts are either managed by the insurers themselves, or they are related asset management companies, or they might even outsource to other fund managers. You as a policyholder, you get to choose the funds, whether into equities, bonds, or a mixture of them, but you are really limited to those number of funds offered by that particular insurer. And I'll tell you that the choices are really limited. Okay, so it's basically a kind of insurance policy. So we've got term life, we've got whole life, and then there's insurance linked. But where does an ILP fit in someone's portfolio? And why shouldn't someone buy an ILP? Honestly, it doesn't fit anywhere. Why do I say that? Well, if you need to buy insurance for the purpose of protection, the most affordable way to cover yourself fully is by the use of low-cost term insurance. If you use an ILP, it will be too costly for you to cover yourself sufficiently. On the other hand, if you want to invest your money and based on evidence, the most reliable way to get the returns that you need is either through the use of low-cost index funds, ETFs, or sometimes what we call market-based funds that do not try to time the market or try to find mispriced securities. These instruments' expenses can be as low as 0.2 to 0.4% per annum. And if you use an ILP, not only you are paying a very high expense in excess of even 1.5% per year or even more, well, it's really expensive, right? And furthermore, they are almost all trying to beat the market and evidence show us that it is not a reliable way to get the returns. Now, even if you want to really use this kind of funds, let's say you want to, you still believe in beating the market and you want to use this kind of unit trust, I mean, there are thousands of these kind of unit trusts outside of the insurers that you can choose from. I mean, why get stuck with an ILP with limited number of funds to choose from? If you are unhappy with that fund performance, I mean, you can only switch to another fund within the insurer. And if you want to sell it off and your ILP is then tied to the insurance you need, you are now stuck. So to me, if you are using an ILP, you are really stuck in the middle. You are neither here nor there. You are paying for so much and yet no flexibility. But isn't one of the benefits of an ILP the ability for them to become self-funding after a certain point you know, when you break even and then they fund themselves just like with whole life policy so that you don't have to keep paying premiums for your entire life or at least for as long as you want to be covered? Right. You see, one of the features of the ILPs is that policyholders, they get to decide how their premiums should be allocated and invested to achieve the objectives of the policy. Whereas for traditional policies like you mentioned, Chris, whole life policies, policyholders could not do that. They cannot decide how to allocate their premiums. So let me give you an example, right? If you buy an ILP and you, you want to make your own decision on asset allocation, whether to put more in bonds or more in equities, you can. And you can also decide the fund. But 
I mean, this can be an issue as well because you bear the returns and the risk of your investment decisions. This is very unlike traditional plans like whole life where a certain portion of the cash values is guaranteed. Now, why am I saying this? How does that relate to your question? You see, so for an ILP, there is no guarantee in cash value because it is actually possible for your investment portion to underperform badly. And this means taking longer time to break even versus traditional policies. And actually, you will have to pay premiums for life. I mean, I've actually seen an ILP where the policyholder allocated 100% to bond funds since the dot-com bubble. And they were so scared, they got out of equities, but they lost out on the equity run-up since. Now, another thing about ILP is that the annual insurance cost is charged based on your new age every year. And so it escalates as you get older, especially from age 50 onwards. So what this means really for you is that as you get older, $1 of a premium, more and more of it actually goes to pay the mortality charge and lesser and lesser goes into investments. And so it really becomes a double whammy when the investment underperforms and then lesser and lesser of your premiums get invested and you really may then have to pay your premiums for your entire life. If you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation about investment-linked insurance policies with my guest, Christopher Tan, CEO of Fee-Only Advisor Provident. Now, before the break, Chris, we were talking about some of the downsides of ILPs, costs, risk, and the downside of putting the responsibility for figuring out the insurance, well, I guess the fund structure or the balance between equities versus bonds on the insured person, the policyholder himself. And of course, there was the issue about rising cost of coverage such that if you're buying this for investment, well, less and less of your premium goes into investment because a lot of the fees as you get older go to the coverage and no guarantee there, right? That's a lot to chew on. But haven't modern IOPs come a long way from traditional IOPs in terms of cost competitiveness and performance? I mean, that's what I hear. Or is that not the case? Well, yes, you are right, Chris. Indeed, modern ILPs have come a long way. I mean, two things that have changed since the early 90s. By the way, ILPs started in the early 90s. And I always tell the story of why ILPs started because back then, I mean, the insurance agent couldn't sell any investments at all. And so with ILP, at least they could talk a little bit about investments. But well, it's been almost like 30 years ago. Now, the modern ILPs have changed. So let me give you some examples of what have changed. In the past, every ILP that you buy has a certain amount that is allocated to mortality, like what I've said earlier, a certain amount of your premiums. Nowadays, you can actually buy a pure investment ILP that does not charge mortality, so more goes into investments. Yes, you can do that. Now, in the past, they don't give such things as extra bonus units you know, and all that, but the modern ILPs now, they are offering extra bonus units under certain conditions, like after a certain number of years. And yes, it does help to lower cost somewhat. But again, you know, this does not mean that your investment will do well, which is directly dependent on the fund selection and rebalancing and risk management and your decision. So it still doesn't change my view that IFP have really no place in a person's portfolio. I mean, why did you buy it for? Is it for insurance? If it's for insurance, for protection, then go for term. It's cheaper. If you are really wanting to invest, why tie your hands to that limited few funds? There are plenty of options out there for you to choose from. Okay, so let's say one of our listeners accepts that IOPs might not be the answer for their financial goals. So can you give us a step-by-step view or plan for insurance then? Yeah, so I always say that you know when you buy insurance, you always protect the goose that laid a golden egg, right? So you protect the income earner. So the first thing is you start with protecting yourself against loss of income due to death, disability, and a medical crisis. Use a cheap term. 
that solves the problem already. I mean, a term costs like 10 times cheaper than a whole life and even maybe an ILP. And then you couple it with a good hospitalization plan. Always keep your insurance separate from investments. Keep costs low because insurance is an expense. You really don't want to use it, but if you need it, you want it to pay you an amount that you need. And term is probably the most affordable way to do that. Now, after you have done that, I will say that then go and invest whatever surplus you have towards your goals, your retirement, your children's education goal. Use low-cost instruments. And then after that, please live a life. Use the money that you're left over to live a life. Sometimes salespeople try to convince you that you need to cover yourself for all the risks, but really it's impossible to cover all life risks. I will say that it is only after you still have some money left, after you have done all these things that I've shared so far, then you look into some of those insurance that are good to have. And if you want it, then buy it. ILP to me has no place in any of these things that I've shared just now. Okay, so basically start with term insurance. Take a realistic look at what you need to cover, cover that. And then invest in whatever you need to invest to achieve your financial goals. And then take what you have left over, live your life. But if you still have something left over, then you look at all those good to have, all we're talking about, as you mentioned, disability insurance, all these extras, which of course are good to have if you indeed have extra to spend on. Yes, exactly. Insurance is not your main plan. Your main plan is your accumulation plan towards your goal. If we spend so much money on insurance, which is not your main plan, we don't live enough for us for the main plan. So if you spend so much money on insurance, on ILPs, you know, on whole life policy, I always joke that the only way to reach your goal is that something happens to you and you claim. And that's not what you want. On that note, thanks for being on the show, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We've been speaking about the pros and cons of investment-linked insurance policies with my guest, Christopher Tan, CEO of Fee-Only Advisor, Provident. And that's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.